You are listening to the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Welcome to episode 34 of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and this is Mindy Carney. Hello, special day today. Why don't you explain the special day, Mindy? Because this was your special idea. <laughs> this is um, so it's National Chicken Nugget Day, which could be fake news. I'm not really sure because I only found it in one place that it was actually today. But it works. It works for our time frame. We both had time today, so we're going to do a nugget episode. So maybe just to be clear, so the day we're recording it is uh, right is National That's Nugget true. Day. November 13th is National Nugget Day. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Not really sure. I don't know. Was it Foodimentary? What was the name of that website that I found it on? I think it was I think Foodimentary it was. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't think, matter. I think it was a Russian blog. <laughs> yeah. One person says it. That's all that matters. <laughs> you don't need a second source because it's only, you know, nuggets. It's no big deal. Well, nuggets are a big deal. You know. I hate nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Yes. Yeah. But tech nuggets are your favorite part of the show. I know, I know. So it's a big day today. As you often remind us. I know, yeah. Favorite part of the show. Uh-huh. Well, maybe yes. just, you know, by the power vested within us by Grandwood AEA, we could declare this National Tech Nugget oh, Day. Oh, there it is. That's yeah. better. We should, we'd have to put it on the calendar for next year, though. Okay. Yeah. November 13, 2018. Yeah. Okay. All right. Reminder set for once a year. So we're going to do a special episode where we are only doing Tech Nuggets. Tech Nuggets. Tech Nuggets are the starter, the main, and the dessert. <laughs> so we should probably just jump in and get started. But before we do, I have a quick piece of follow-up. Okay. Last episode, we talked to Jared Borman. That's right. And we did the pro-driven PD and all that good stuff. Right. And I think that episode was pretty well uh, received. If you've not listened to it yet, you should go back and listen to it. Episode 33. Mm -hmm. We didn't even talk about his podcast. Oh, we didn't even ask. No. Well, we asked him to introduce himself and what he did. And I don't know if we ever got around to talking about his podcast. We've mentioned it before, though, haven't we? Mm -hmm. I think we have. Just not last time when we actually had him in the room with us. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I just want to thought I'd throw it out there that yeah. uh, Jared does a podcast as well. It's called the Next Level Learning Podcast. Him and Bree Baxter yeah. is the new co-host, I should say, yeah, of that right. podcast. Right. So I uh, will put a link to that in the show, co- show notes for today. Mm-hmm. And that could be that could be our first tech nugget. First nugget. Yeah, first nugget. number nugget, one. Nugget of the day. We're doing a pack of 12, though, so that makes it a baker's dozen instead. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, okay. Baker's dozen, I like that. All right, baker's dozen of nuggets. All right, well, I'll follow up with that with um, an oldie, but what I think is a goodie, and that is Google Voice. And I'm not sure a lot of people know about Google Voice because I share it occasionally and just bring it up. And I thought, you know what, maybe it's one to bring up on the podcast. Um, What I like about Google Voice is that you can attach your phone number to a Google Voice generated phone number um, so that you maybe are more willing to give out your phone number so people don't have your actual phone number, Mm -hmm. Um, which is nice. And it rings through to my... Um, email and transcribes everything and yeah I really like it do you use it do you use Google Voice I do not use Google oh. Voice but 
the way you're describing it, it's almost like a burner phone. Well, yeah. <laughs> feel like, do you feel like Jack? I have more than one Google Voice number. <laughs> do you feel like Jack Bauer when you're using <laughs> yeah. your Google Voice? <laughs> I sure I do. Yeah? I sure I do. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing about it, because like, for the most part, like my phone transcribes my voicemails now and um, that kind of stuff. It's just nice not to actually hand out my phone number. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's what I like the best about it. Keep a little bit of the personal and professional boundaries, yeah, right. I think, is always yeah. a good thing. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's talk about that transcription. How uh, how accurate is that transcription? It's is good. It, it's is pretty Is it as good. good as my phone when it um, kind of... Yes. You know, yeah, I think it is. Because I don't think my phone's very good. You so. don't? I think my phone does a really good job. Okay. We use the same phone, basically. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Well, it's US Cellular, though. It's not actual my iPhone. It's... Do you who, use US Cellular? I do, yes, but oh. I don't know who does the transcript. If that's Apple that does the transcript or if that's I the guess I don't know either. cell phone provider. I figured it was the cell phone provider. But it could be. Yeah. No, I think it does a pretty good job. I mean, I can get the gist of... I get like one voicemail a month. One voicemail a month? Yes. Okay. I don't ever answer my phone either. So that tells you that's mostly people that call me are like telemarketers. Would you like to give out your Google Voice number on the podcast? Nope, I oh, wouldn't. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you might get some more voicemails. Yeah, right. No, thank you. All right, then. So Google Voice. Yeah. It is kind of an old one. Yeah. It's it been is. around, it's been for, around a for a long time. It's been around for a long time, yeah. I think it did just get updated like in the last, I don't know, three to six months. It got kind of the material design yeah. kind of update if you go to the Google Voice website. Yep. And you haven't used it for a while and you think, hey, this looks different. Um, but I think it's basically the same service. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's changed at all. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good one to kick it off with. Okay. Um, I'm going to kick off with a brand new one to me, which is called E-Link. Have you heard of E-Link? I have Andrew? not. No. Okay. Enlighten me. E-Link lets you create newsletters and content pages in minutes, uh, according to their website. Oh. So if you maybe think of, I don't know, think of something like S'more. Okay. So similar to S'more, but faster. Um, you basically take web links um, and you curate them together into like a newsletter or into a web page. And you can even uh, make like a Gmail newsletter out nice. of them too. Nice. I'm looking at the one you made. You look at the one in the show notes yes. I made? Yeah. So I put all the links from our Tech Nugget episode into an e-link. Yeah. And you see what that looks like on there. Yeah. Can you embed this? You can embed this. Wow. Yes. This is kind of fun. So the free version does come with that ad that you see along the bottom yeah, there. Yeah, sure. But otherwise... And that's um, not bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's not a bad ad, no. Mm-mm. It's kind of like a slightly more visual... Um, what's that curation board I'm thinking of that librarians really love with all the little squares and Symbaloo. tiles on it? Symbaloo, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like Symbaloo because all you're really doing is putting a link to a, a website in and putting that all in one place. Mm-hmm. But um, it's nice. It's kind of visual. It's got a short description that it pulls in from yeah. the website as well as a heading as well as the URL. There's different layouts for it in terms of um, things that you can do. But um, you, if you wanted to create an email newsletter for parents based on some of the websites and things you're working on, you can do that. You can also add text. It doesn't have to just be links. Um, you can create like a static one-page website of links, which is the one Mindy's looking at. Uh-huh. And it says here you can embed your um, e-link onto another website with nice. a HTML embed code. I'm thinking even like for playlists for students and stuff like online, you could just 
we're going to keep all of your little links all organized and share those with kids as they might need them. Yeah. You can put videos in there. You can put websites in there. You can share links to documents on Drive and Dropbox and OneDrive, places like that. It is a responsive template. Mm. So it means it automatically adjusts to the size of your screen, depending on uh, what device you're using. That's what that means? Yeah. If you take your edge of your browser and you shrink it down to like a phone kind of size, it will adjust accordingly. Nice. That's a good one. That's not bad, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, my next one is the Mercury Reader Chrome extension, which you told me you hadn't heard of before. There's lots of things I've never heard of, Mindy, <laughs> but enlighten me. Yeah. So um, it just gets rid of all of the noise, what I call noise, on a website. So if I go to um, like Time for Kids or something like that, although Time for Kids doesn't have a lot of advertisements, but... Um, it's just a way of kind of cleaning up the view of um, gives just more like a reader view and takes care of all the ads and things like that. Just really streamlines the article that you're reading or blog post that you're reading. And um, what I like the most about Chrome extensions like this that kind of clean that up is that although with digital citizenship, we often talk to our kids about and I think it's important for them to kind of live in the world to see advertisements and stuff and talking about not clicking on those advertisements Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, But sometimes it would just be really nice just not to have to worry about whether kids are clicking on the advertisements or not. And so it just kind of cleans it up and makes it look nice. And it's just a Chrome extension. Besides just as an adult, sometimes it's nice just to have a nice streamlined article instead of all the other stuff that sometimes shows up when you're reading. Takes out the sidebar and the yep. ads and yep. all that other yeah. stuff and yeah. just cleans it up nicely. Yeah, it does, does it does it still keep like pictures and videos no. and mm-hmm. things? In it there? takes all that stuff off of it. It's just plain text. It's just plain text. I don't think there's videos. I'm trying to think if I've used it on a um where there's been a video. I might have to give that one a try. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, it cleans it up. It's pretty. So on the iPad, Safari has the reader mode. Yeah, you, you, similar to that. Yes, that's what I would. That's what I would definitely compare it to. Absolutely. Okay. iPad and iPhone. Yeah. Got a quick tip on you for that one. Oh please. Um, <laughs> well, since we're talking about cleaning yes, up web no, pages I'm, and stuff, I was being okay. for real. Good. It sounded like for real. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you know how you tap the little button in the address bar and it makes the page go clean yes easy to read yeah and puts into reader mode if you press and hold on that button yeah you can choose to have every page from that website always okay. load like that oh. so if you're on like the cnn web page and you click on an article yeah. you can press and hold on that so that every article you click on in the cnn page will load in the reader mode that's nice mm-hmm. hmm. you have to click and hold it Press and hold the reader Press button, and, and it pops up with another option to mm. change the websites that way. Oh. So there you go. Okay. Little extra. Now it's a pack of 14. Well, that's just like. That's okay. It's, it's even. A, it's no, a we crumb. can both have seven. It's a crumb. Nugget okay. crumb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your turn. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go with a podcasting pick here because, okay. as we have talked about in the past, and lamented the passing mm-hmm. of or the not passing okay but opinion podcast has kind of modified their um model right in terms of you can no longer host uh, things with opinion and mm-hmm. i have had some teachers contact me on twitter or email and say hey what should we use now that you it's because you walked around with an opinion podcast flag 
Yeah. Now that, all now the that time. you've got me in this big hole, <laughs> what can I use instead? So I was looking around for a few things, sure. at least just from my own curiosity as well, but also to and you know answer these types of questions. And I came across Spreaker, okay. which is like speaker with an R in it. So Spre- Yeah, I thought you had a serious typo. Spreaker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spreaker is the service, and there is an app for Android and iOS called Spreaker Studio, mm. which lets you record uh, podcasts and okay. upload them to the Spreaker website (laughs) where on the free plan you can have um, as many 15 minute podcasts as you want up to a maximum of five hours of audio storage oh that's still a lot so that's still a lot that's a lot yeah so you can have five hours of audio recording in your account for free Mm -hmm. and um, 15 minutes at a time so it's it's an option. It might be something that you are interested in taking a look at. Mm-hmm. The app has some fun little like sa- sound effects that you can include oh, while you're I speaking. Like so like you can have a an audience cheering, or you can have like a an alarm bell go off, like a school mm-hmm. bell, or something like that. So you could uh, mix in some of those. Um, Features too, <laughs> and uh, the, so the other maybe alternative I came across was uh, via your friend of mine, Doctor Wesley Fryer. Oh, sure. Who um, came across this website called Podiant? Okay. P o d i a n t, Podiant dot co, and they're a hosting service. Hmm. So if you can find an app that will record your audio, of which there are plenty of voice recording apps on the iPad. Um, then you can upload your audio to this uh, website called Podiant. Mm-hmm. They do have a free plan that is basically, from what I can tell, last time I looked, it was pretty much unlimited. But you do have to kind of apply to it, um, apply to be accepted into this um, free plan. And that's the website dinging at me right now. <laughs> unlimited storage. You add a blog and static pages and uh Things like that. So it works. It is free. You just have to have your um, eligibility confirmed. And I think if you put in here that you are a teacher and you are uploading class podcasts, they will be more than happy to accept the, accept you onto their, their free plan. Nice. That's a good one. So Spreaker, Spreaker Studio, and Podiant. Hmm. All right. Well, um, that's a good one. Fine. Thanks. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. So we have mentioned in the past uh, Google Arts and Culture, and um, at iTech, I went to Tammy Lynn's um, session about Google Arts and Culture and Tour Builder, and um, this was new to me, but Google Arts and Culture has a YouTube channel. Really? Yeah, they do. Um, And so... It's kind of an interesting little channel. Some of the video that um, we watched in her session was very funny. It was about this little girl who was looking at um, an image from Google Arts and Culture and was describing it to two art, I don't know, experts, I guess, which was super fun and just kind of something different to um, watch. But if you check it out, there are all kinds of videos Um kind of within that series called Kids Explain Art to Experts. And uh, it's just kind of an interesting little channel, kind of active. So I would definitely go in and take a look at that one for sure. There are some um, 360 videos in there too that you can check out that are pulled from Google Arts and Culture. Um, So yeah, that was kind of new to me. I didn't know that they even had a YouTube channel. 
No, I didn't either. I'm looking yeah. at the uh, Google Arts and Culture page right now, and there's yeah. you don't have to scroll down very far before you get to featured videos. <laughs> there it is. Where it's things like Meet the Curator, and yeah. they have um, a guy from England talking about... But is that housed on the Google Arts and Culture, or, I mean, does it look like those are something special just for the Google Arts and Culture website? Um, they're from their YouTube channel. They are from the YouTube yeah. channel. Okay. They're just embedding them on that Google yeah. Arts and Perfect. Culture page. So. Yeah. Um, interviews with museum curators yeah. and uh, people looking at... Well, there's one here on the history of the hoodie. Yeah, see? Very important stuff. Cultural yeah. phenomenon. Why are chokers trendy again? I don't know. But there's a video all about it. Right? Yes. Do you okay. know what a choker is? Um, is it like a necklace? Yes. Okay. Remember they were like super cool in the 90s. Early 90s. I wasn't born then. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Please. <laughs> I was born way before then. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's kind of a fun one to check out. Google Arts and Culture. Google Arts and Culture and YouTube channel. the Google Arts and Culture YouTube channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Subscribe to that one. Yeah. All right. Um, next one on my list. I don't oh, know why I put this down boy, there. I don't know either. But. Come on. Out with it. Okay, the next one on my list is Desmos, which is uh, a mathematical service for uh, math teachers. Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) I don't know, but okay, so here's the deal. (laughs) My math and my knowledge of math kind of stopped at the grade level I taught, which is uh, fourth grade. Right. Um, So I don't have a huge in-depth knowledge of math, but the more time I spend with math teachers, the more I hear how much they love Desmos. And so if you are not um, using Desmos or you have not thought about using Desmos and you do anything related to math and you want to graph stuff out, Mm -hmm. then I think this is the tool you should be using. I think so too. (laughs) It is free. And I'm going to give a shout out to our our math consultant, uh, Chuck Gustafson, who will frequently come down mm. to talk to us and just taunt tell us, us about things and <laughs> yeah. yeah well taunt us and say why is my ipad not working yeah. and things like that but when he's not saying that he'll, he'll he's talking s- about desmos he's talking about desmos and he's yeah. giving his updates and he'll say you guys don't really care about this i know but this this and this and this is changing yeah. desmos and i'll be like whoa that sounds really awesome what do you mean yeah, I yeah mean, right so they are always updating things they're mm-hmm. always making new things yeah they have like I don't know. I don't know how people do this, but if you if you look on their front page, they have like creative art that people create with the Desmos graphing calculator. Mm. So I mean, there's somebody drew a Nike shoe here with yeah. their graphing calculator, like a Christmas scene. And huh. so there are creative things you can do with yeah, the Desmos sure. um, graphing calculator, which is available for free online. And there's Chromebook apps, and there's also iPad apps, and yeah, I don't know if there's Android apps, but I would guess there probably is. Probably. And the whole darn thing is free. Yeah. Um, and I just came across, I was um, talking to a school about um, GoFormative last week, and Desmos has, um, after you've created something, has an embed code. So you can embed um, Desmos into GoFormative, but in any other place that you can embed things which i had no idea either they also have a youtube channel they do you were just talking about your google arts and culture youtube channel and there's a desmos youtube channel you might need to watch that start to finish i think i would for sure um yeah so if you're looking for a recommendation i would recommend desmos if you're looking for someone to show you how to use it look elsewhere yeah (laughs) not here (laughs) (laughs) all right um so hour of code is coming up in december 
And I, this is not something new either, but I thought it was timely with the scratch test cards. Have you ever looked at the scratch test cards before? I have not looked at scratch test yeah, cards. Yeah, so um, what I always think is important with coding is first of all that you let kids get in and just kind of play a little bit and figure out what's going on. But I also think it's important for them sometimes to have a task to complete and not necessarily that you're showing them exactly step by step how to complete that task, but to say, hey, can you make your name scroll across the board and don't give any more directions, but just allow them time to try and figure that out. And that's kind of what these scratch um, task cards do. They do give um, some pointers for the students of um, how to um, do different things in scratch, but um, I thought if anything, I mean, if you wanted to give the um, step-by-steps, those are here, but also maybe just some ideas of ways to get students started. And um, they're really kid-friendly. They've got um, all the little icons attached and mm-hmm. um, just might be something new. If, if you're not doing a lot of code in your classroom, um, we do find that around the first week of December, everybody's very interested in coding. So um, it might be a good place to start. So and they're all free there for download um, and printing if you'd like to do that. And there's, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve different sets of cards to check out. So you know when you uh, when you sign up for a new seesaw account and they send yeah, you that the email, the started that's, guide, yeah, and yeah. they have like you know fourth grade activities yeah. and stuff. It's that's kind new of this sim- year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. similar to that where they yeah. have like these little starter guides. You know, have your kids take a picture, post it to the feed, and they mm-hmm. have all the icons and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, so it's just a nice entry into Scratch if you've never used it before, right? Um, and it might be a good um, something to do with comfort level, too. You know, if you've got those things there, it might give you a start of how to get in and using those things, too. So maybe not just for kids, but for teachers just getting started with code. It's a good resource for everyone. I think it is a good resource for someone. It's a nugget. It's a nugget. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure Samantha would approve. Yes, I'm sure she probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are up next. What? Moving on. Yeah. Um, I picked IFTTT. Do you ever use that service, Mindy? I I have. You have used it? I have, it? yeah. Okay. So I have. Well, you tell what it is, and then I'll okay. tell how I use it. So IFTTT is a web-based. That's not how you use You don't say all the letters of it. It's IFT. Okay. Some people say IFT, I guess. They do, say and some I people have... say all of those letters. Well, I do. I well, well. But maybe that's just me. Okay. Um. Ift is um, a web-based service that will let you connect things together and make the internet work for you, I mm-hmm. guess. It automates a whole bunch of different things so that um, you don't have to manually do some of these things. So right. I'm, I'm looking at the front page here today, and it's got recommended um, – they used to be called recipes, but now they're right. called applets – Oh. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Okay, they changed recipes to applets. So recommended um, tasks, basically. So one of them here says, uh, get an email if there will be rain in your area tomorrow. <laughs> so that could be useful. Um, I do have one on my, um, before I got my Apple Watch, I used Alexa to uh-huh. call my phone. Yeah, right. And I would say, Alexa, call my device. <laughs> yeah. And it, my phone would ring and then I'd go find my phone. But uh, <laughs> now the most often used feature on my Apple Watch is that one where you ding your phone yes, and then you just right. go around the house looking for that like mm-hmm. a zombie. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, I have one for 
our um, podcast and for certain other social media things where you can take a specific hashtag and every time that hashtag is mentioned on Twitter, it will add it into a Google spreadsheet. Yeah. And it'll include the person's name and the tweet and when it was said. So if you're tracking uh, maybe like your school hashtag. Yeah, right. And you're not going to see every one of those tweets on Twitter. You may not follow all of those people. But with that spreadsheet set up and all those hashtags going straight in there, um, you can go back and see who's talking about you. Yeah. And, and then what, you should probably saying. turn on the notifications for that, right? Turn, turn on that the- on for that um, sheet and then you get a little email that says, hey, something else is, you know, because if you're like me, who only, I think if this is really cool, but then I forget that I have that stuff set up. So I have stuff set up for my Twitter and it drops it into a sheet. And I just came across the other day and like, what in the world is this? Oh, it's all my favorites. Why did I do that? Yes. You know, but it's never anything that I went back and used. But for an instance like that, where if you're using a hashtag or a school hashtag and you want to keep track of it, then turn the notifications on in your sheet. Well, I think that was one of the like recipes or applets that people try out right. fairly easily. It's like yeah. save all my favorite tweets yeah, to a right. spreadsheet. It's like, right. oh, awesome. Because for a while, the heart meant like you were favoriting stuff. And right. now it means like you're liking stuff. And so it's kind of taking on a different thing. But yeah. it creates these folders in your Google Drive and other places called IFT or IFTTT. And uh, inside you'll, you'll find random spreadsheets and things that you've set up over the years. So yeah, I think it's really good. If you, you know, are a fan of certain services, like I don't know, if you use Google Calendar, just go to IFT and search for Google Calendar, and it will give you a whole bunch of things you can do with Google Calendar, hmm. or Gmail, or yeah, Twitter, right. Right. or Instagram, or one of the things that I have set up on our um, Grant Wood uh, Instagram account is that whenever we post something on Instagram, it will automatically take that and post it to our Twitter feed, Right. but it will include the image as a right. native embed because normally on Twit- on Instagram when you select the Twitter button it just says a little bit of your description then it'll have a link to the picture right. so uh, if it'll let you put the actual image from Instagram into your Twitter feed as well mm-hmm. there's things for Pinterest there's uh, all kinds of different stuff and services so it's one of those things that it, you were talking about hour of code yeah you know it's if stands for if this then that mm-hmm. and um, it's part of that kind of coding mindset where you know you're saying if this happens then something else happens and so it could be an interesting thing to experiment with kids and have them uh, look at all the different ways they could make the internet work for them mm-hmm. and it's really not difficult like you no. talk about code but it's not it's not a difficult thing to mm-mm, set up mm-mm. yeah you just connect some accounts yep. like your Evernote account and your Twitter account and uh, as soon as it has permission to access those things then yeah you're up and running yeah all right, so um, my next app is actually, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I've been waiting for it to come out because I think I mentioned the hashtag ARKit. Um, and on um, through that hashtag, I found this app that created portals um, through augmented reality. So you wait, might wait, be... Wait, wait, wait. A, a portal? Yes. Yeah. So I'll have to show it to you in the, when we're okay. done here. But um, So you can choose a door and it'll put the door... In, in your, you know, your surrounding world. Mm. And then you walk through that door and walk around and there's a whole nother world that you are in. Like if I wanted to go to 
Diagon Alley well, or something like that? I mean, we're not to that point yet because oh, I think okay. it just released not that long ago. There's only five portals right now that you can check out. Um, but what's neat is you walk through that door and then you turn around and you can see the door and yeah. through that door is your actual world. Ooh. It's neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it'll be exciting to see what stuff they come out with. But it doesn't just have that. It does have um, some different AR, um, you know, things that it does as far as, like, you can add emojis that are animated. And, you know, um, there was, like, a snowing filter that makes it look like it's snowing where you're at and um, stuff like that. But the portal thing was what I was waiting for. So I'm really excited to kind of see where it goes um, and, you know, what they continue to add. So once again, that was called Figment AR, and I'll add the link. The only problem with this new AR kit, and remind me, maybe we've talked about this before too, is that you have to have iOS 11, and you also have to have an iPad Pro. Oh, yeah. Or iPad. Fifth gen. The, right? Yes. <laughs> right? like, yeah, know, We're just right. calling it iPad. Yeah. Um, or you have to have an iPhone, ooh, is it six, six or later? Could be. I think it's six or later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not everybody's there yet. We're definitely probably quite a few schools aren't there yet. But with any iPad that you purchase from here on out, mm-hmm. um, we'll have the capabilities to do that. So there's some really cool stuff out there. And I think we're going to try and do an AR episode at some point in time. Um, but so if you have the capabilities, definitely check that one out. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm intrigued to try it. Yeah. It's like like a sci-fi movie or yeah, something, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. You know, and, and it's just the beginning stage of it, too. I think eventually it's going to be really something cool. But, yeah, it's definitely something to take a look at and experience. And it's called Figment AR. Figment AR, yep. yeah. Yeah. I, I told you when I looked at the dog this morning, I said, Figment is a great name for an yeah. AR app, isn't it? Like yeah, a Figment it of your imagination. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to follow that, really. I can't uh, create I know, I should have portals. ended with that one. I know, creating portals to other worlds. I mean, there's... I know. Okay. Okay, well, go big, go home. Um, I'm going to go to uh, one that... This is kind of bizarre to explain, but I, I saw this, and this has been on my list to do as a tech okay. nugget for a long time. But then I thought, eh, I don't know. But then somebody sent an email around. It was Julie Freed. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, have you seen this great website? And I'm like... Oh, I've been there before, but then I went back and looked at it, and it has so much more stuff Got on up- it now. Upgrade, so, huh? Yeah, they've been working on it. So, anyway, the website is called classroomscreen.com, and it was created by a teacher in the Netherlands who wanted uh, a tool to put on their digital whiteboard, basically, mm-hmm. or to just project on the screen. Um, and they couldn't find something that they wanted, but um, they put a whole bunch of little kind of like widgets that you drag and drop around the screen to um, put stuff uh, where you want so you could have it up as a, as a running display. So you could be talking or teaching or working in small groups of things, but up on the board are all the directions for the students as well as the things that they, the things that they, need, they need. So you can uh, change your background out, and there's a, a bunch of backgrounds there available to choose from, but there is also uh, the ability to upload your own background. You can um, put some text up on the board. There is um, a noise meter, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, because uh, what that does is it's kind of like those... I don't know, those things, you, you used to get apps for stuff like that yeah, with like smiley say, faces yes, and sad faces. Yeah, you have all these faces. different things, yeah, right? Yeah, and now it's red it's when you were talking place. there, Mindy, so. Oh. 
Sorry about that. Oh, that's, yeah. um, Story not, of my life. Not too surprising, yeah? <laughs> no. Um, so there's like a noise meter that goes on. It's a visual kind of bar that bounces up and down on the screen. So you can have that up on the screen if you want. There is um, a QR code generator. You just stick in the website that you want, and um, it's up there. So you could be like, hey, this is the website you need to be on today. Or hmm. if you need help, scan this QR code and uh, don't come to me because yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> uh, there's like a, a whiteboard. So if you you know had things up or you wanted to quickly do some teaching with a, a whole group or something like that, you click this and it brings up a whiteboard with all these different colors on it and you can have some different backgrounds and choose different line thickness and stuff like that. So that Okay, so I have screen. a question about that. So you draw, though, like on your touchpad? Um, yes, on your device. Yeah, yes. right. Okay. Yes. Um, I would guess if you had like a smart board or a Promethean mm-hmm. board, right. it would work on that too. Right. But if you're just projecting the projector on the wall, then yeah. don't, don't draw on the wall and expect stuff to happen. Yes, right. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, they have a small version of that too. So if you just wanted like a, like a, a little post-it note type mm-hmm. drawing that you wrote and scribbled some notes on or drew a picture on, then you can have that on there. Uh, what else have they got on here? They've got uh, symbols for work. So like if you want, you know, this should be like a silent uh, time for us talking. You can hit the, uh, I mean, work silently and have that up there. Um, you can change it so that um, you're allowed to whisper or ask a neighbor or work together and collaborate. So depending on what you're doing at any time, you can choose a symbol that you would like up there on the board. And I think it's nice that it's got those, um, Julie would refer to it, I think, as a kind of a UDL type of thing because, right. you know, it's the image and the text together. So it's very visual. You can see what that means just by just by looking at it. They have uh, traffic light symbols, so red, amber, and green, and you could use those for any number of different red, things, I amber, guess. Red, amber, and green. Yeah. Huh. Explain. Yellow. It's red, yellow, and green. Red, yellow, and green? Yes. Okay. Have you been going around this whole time calling that a yellow, an amber light instead of a yellow light? That's an amber light. Do you say that for real? For real. For the love of Pete. <laughs> that's uh, that's an Im- immigrant thing, people, yeah. I think. So. <laughs> yes, I think so, too. Uh, red, amber, and... In- no, red, yellow, and green. Red light, yellow light, green so light. So if you almost go through a red light, you go through a yellow light? Yes. Oh. Okay, wow. I didn't... Well... Hey, every day's That's a another day. nugget, apparently. Another <laughs> nugget right there. So, yeah, so it could be, you know, I don't know, you could change that for different, like, parts of the lesson that yeah, you're working sure. on and have that up there. Uh, they have a timer, and they also have like a clock that just shows the time and yeah. the date and stuff on there too. So That's good, all those extra d- those tools you used to have to have individually now all in one place, all on one website. Yes, mm-hmm. you don't have to have extensions or or anything else. So it's called ClassroomScreen dot com, mm-hmm. and I think that could be a useful one for I people. I think so too. Yeah. All right. So my last nugget today is a website called Yummy Math. And we both did a math one today. Who knew? So um, Yummy Math is a website full of what I would call authentic math lessons that are um, kind of just like fun ways to think about math and to do math. So the first one that um, is here on the homepage today is about playing Monopoly and um, looking at the Monopoly board and then making judgments about the Monopoly board. 
Um, and then there's always a lesson plan and questions and all of those things built in. Um, there was another one about bats and vampire bats, which would be fun around Halloween, I suppose. And, um, just like questions. So he he gives like lots of information about the, um, vampire bat and he might say like, well, vampire bat drinks this much blood, right? Mm -hmm. How many, um, liters of pop would that be? So they do like conversions and things like that. So just kind of a more fun, interesting way to do math than just a worksheet. Math worksheets make me crazy. Sorry, math teachers. Um, so I think this is a great way to kind of, you know, just look at math in a real world situation and, um, maybe see different ways to use math and why we use math instead of um, just row practice over and over again. Because I know that was always a thing, at least when I was um, a student in the classroom learning yes. math. It's like, why are we doing are this? We doing when this? will I ever, ever use this? this? Yeah. And so that website is dedicated to yeah. this is when you'll use it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, things like counting and adding money, I could see that. But like yeah. Pythagorean theory and stuff, I had like, it was like going straight over my head because I could not think of yeah, any well, at least real you can pull that term out of a hat i couldn't have even pulled that term out of a hat yeah well there you go yeah but it's lesson plans for second grade up to high school so um and from what i've seen and from what i know about it it's completely free there are memberships that you can do um and it says renew your membership so i'm not for certain um but there's plenty of things on here that you could just take a look at um and that came from our math team too actually this summer i did a little work with them on math, and um, so it was math consultant approved. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. The people that do the website look like they are um, math teachers and math coaches. Um, Leslie Lewis is a semi-retired mathematics teacher and also the web designer for the site, and Brian Marks is an instructional math coach. So it's all good stuff. Math people. Math people. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's good. My last one, I didn't want to end with this really, but I'm just going to end with it because it's now sure. on the last one on the list because I added <laughs> That's it last. That's where it ended up, yeah. Um, I have a problem, Mindy. Oh, no. What? And I don't know if you've come across this or not. Okay. But iOS screen recording. Yes. So when you record in the new iOS 11, yeah. you've done this before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it creates that little uh, like screencast video, yeah. and which is great. And I thought, awesome. So I happened to be doing some um, last week. And actually, oh, well, yeah, I've had this problem for a yeah. while now, actually. Okay. But have you ever taken one of those screencast videos and put it into iMovie? Oh, no. Because there's a problem when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> How far had you gotten in your project? Before you realize that. Well, I I knew this already. I thought it was fixed, but it wasn't fixed. But the problem is when you bring a screencast video that you created on the iPad or the iPhone into iMovie, it strips out the audio. Oh, whoops. Yeah. So did you do voiceover work then with it or what? No, I sent it to my Mac and did it in Camtasia. Um, (laughs) So it's kind of just been an ongoing problem. So it worked in Camtasia? But oh, it yeah. didn't work in iMovie. Yeah, it works. Oh, I see. It okay. works. It works in the Photos app. Oh, it'll play on the Photos app on your iPad, and you yeah. get sound and everything. But as but soon as you bring it into, into iMovie, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, iMovie just okay. strips the audio out, and mm-hmm. I thought for a while it was just me. Yeah. So I asked uh, Tony Vincent. I mm-hmm. said, "Are you having this problem?" He said, "Yes, it's driving me up the wall." Mm-hmm. And yesterday, I um, got a reply on Twitter from Kathy Schrock. Oh. who also has this problem. Oh. And it's kind of driving her up the wall. Mm-hmm. So Apple, 
I'm, I know you're listening. <laughs> You've got to fix this. Yes. Come on, Apple. So I did have a slight workaround okay. um, because um, I was alerted to a different app made by TechSmith called TechSmith Capture, okay. which I had never heard of before. And basically what it lets you do is when you go to um, press that button in the control center to activate your screen recording, Mm -hmm. instead of recording with iOS 11, you record with TechSmith Capture. Yeah, I know. There's like an extra option. So when you press and hold the button, you get to record with, it says record with camera roll or record with TechSmith Capture. And so I tried it out and I recorded with TechSmith Capture and it creates a video, puts it into the TechSmith app, but then you can save it to your camera roll. I brought that into iMovie and it works fine. So Hmm. um, this is is a little techie, a little geeky, I guess. But when I do something on the iPad, I like to be able to do it all on the iPad. Yeah, right. And so I now have the ability to create a screencast with audio, throw it into iMovie, Mm -hmm. and then I can edit out like mistakes or cut out chunks, or I can add titles, or I can add music and put things in the beginning and the end and um, do all that because before I couldn't. I'm surprised that you didn't just do your use QuickTime. I can't do that. I can't do that on the iPad. Why not? Well, no, but I'm saying, why didn't you record your screen through QuickTime? I could have done. This yeah. is because you wanted to do it all on the uh, iPad I instead of all on your computer. All on the iPad instead okay. of the iPad and the computer. Right. I don't well, know. There's no, other right. ways you can like yeah. do Air Server and mirror over and yeah. record with that Camtasia well, or but... Zoom or other things yeah, as well. Right. But uh, I wanted to see what I could, if, how much I could do on the iPad. Oh. And Did you flip a table? I felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> what a table. <laughs> so I, oh, I felt that's like a that good workaround. More... So I wonder that's got to be coming as a fix though, right? I hope so. I mean, Gosh. I I got in touch with Apple support about it on Twitter, and yeah. um, they jumped me through a few hoops and things, and they got me to reinstall iMovie, and it started working again. I'm oh. like, awesome. And then it stopped working, and then I'm like, oh. oh. So uh, maybe I need to get back to Apple support. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be an iOS update. I don't know if they or know Or since it. Apple's listening. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Jeez, give yourself some credit. There's engineers scrambling somewhere oh, yeah. in like, California. Oh, yeah, like, oh, geez, Wiley is right upset now. right now. I know. Get this fixed. Get it fixed. Yeah, come in on. In the meantime, there's a free app right now. It's yeah. called TechSmith Capture. Okay. TechSmith is good stuff. Yes, they do. Great tools, yeah. All right, so that was our pack of, well, started as 12, ended with 14. It's a baker's dozen. It, well, no. There was 14 then. You, I felt like you added something else in there. I did, yeah. yeah a couple 14. of little crumbs. That's good. Seven for each. Okay, that works. Right. So that's it, Rin, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll finish up. That's yeah. all we have time for. Um, we will have links to all of these resources in our show notes, but also in the gonna e-link. Use, well, I'm going to use e-link. I'm going to go back and do that and put all our links in. Oh, you could embed that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll embed it well, so you can see it. That would be a nice, easy way to do show notes. Yeah, it would be. From now on, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Take maybe. a lot less effort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that will be available at dogwaea.org forward slash podcast. You can send us feedback to podcast at gwaea.org. We always love uh, finding that in our inbox. And you can see us on social media if you are that way inclined. Mindy is at Team Carney on Twitter. And uh, I think she's also on Snapchat, isn't she? I am. I can't remember my Snapchat name, though. Shoot. M. Carney. 10. I'm sure you had like a big spike in followers after like the last couple. I didn't. Couple Frank's, Frank Slaybaugh. He was my spike. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am at Jonathan Wiley and the team account is at DLGWAEA. We are going to be back sooner than you may imagine. 
because <laughs> we've been churning these out like one I a know, week at the moment. I know, we've been busy. I don't Goodness. know how we do it. I but, don't either. Um, we have a special Thanksgiving episode coming up. We do. Mm-hmm. So until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast. Oh,